Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the first season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, man, this is a big episode here. I know that we already had a, a big episode last week, and here we have another one, but um, I, I wouldn't let the length scare you at all because I had a wonderful conversation with Alexis, uh, Miss Princess Pasta Dash from the SpongeBob SquarePants movie Rehydrated. Um, she is the main person that really got me involved uh, with the project that I that I spoke in length with about it. Um, and, and just it, we became very quick friends because we are close, close in age and also into the same things. And um, and she has just been a wonderful person to work with on this project. And it's just nice to make a, a new friend in your life. Um, so we had just the conversation just went. We just let it go. Who cares about the length? It's a good conversation. If you try to force that kind of length for a podcast, it ends up. Uh, not working out, you know, that that's another piece of advice. I try to drop little little bits of advice here and there for anybody who ever wants to make a podcast. Um, if the first one is just do it, just start. You know, it doesn't matter the quality of your first episode because the point is to grow over time. Uh, your your 100th episode is never going to be like your first episode. Um, so keep that in mind. Uh, but the other thing, don't don't set your expectations too high. Don't set your goals too high. Like we're going to have a two hour podcast every week that record it for as long as it needs. And if it gets up to that time, great. And if it goes beyond that time, great. And if it goes under that time, great. Like that's it's content. Content is content. So it all adds up no matter the length. So I purchased two SpongeBob related items this week. The first one I am going to open up first. I was in stop and shop and, um, I went down one of these aisles where they had all the sports drinks and they had these uh, drinks. They're definitely for kids, but I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I could buy this and, and try it on the podcast. Um, but it's a it's an orange mango juice that is called Pods or it's from Good to Grow. Uh, and Pods is the collectible that's on top. So, you know how some of those kids drinks will have like the molded top is where you you actually drink from. Uh, this one has like a collectible uh, inside of a case and the case they're all the same size so the the point of this drink is to buy all these pods and then you can collect them and stack them up and they had a wide range of characters to start out with 
uh, which was really cool. So I am opening this up. Oh, so the whole point is I got a SpongeBob one. Um, I'm going to post a picture on our Instagram page, Instagram.com uh, slash SpongeBob podcast. But um, the collectible, I, I really I didn't do it just because it was SpongeBob, but I really liked the design they used on the collectible because it reminded me more of like season one or two SpongeBob. So it felt like something old, but it was new. Um, and I really like that. But here we go. Here's uh, here's good to gather pods. Well, that's just mango juice. I don't really. Uh, well, I got a hint of orange. All right. That's all right. Eh, it's not for me. I don't drink a lot of juice, so I knew that was going to happen. But, uh, but yeah, this pot is pretty cool. Oh, it's basically the cap. Oh, I did not expect that. Do not disassemble pods. Yeah, they're supposed to stay in there. But anyway, I mean, definitely check this out because if, uh, anybody who knows the, the original design of SpongeBob or, or closer to, I think you'll appreciate what they what they printed out here for these little things. Um, but anyway, I also purchased uh, Nickelodeon Kart Racers 2 Grand Prix. Now, I am so early off from ever playing Nickelodeon Kart Racers, a part of Video Bob Game Pants. Um, which which will be going weekly at some point in the in the next few weeks. Um, but so I'm far away from that. But to give like a, just a quick review of Nickelodeon Kart Racers, uh, disappointing. Um, good good effort, but disappointing. I mean, for anyone who has played that game and knows, there is like literally 12 characters, four of which are the all four Ninja Turtles, uh, and it was nice to see them use the Rugrats. And uh, and hey Arnold, but it it felt like okay there was just they almost gave up too quickly like all right that's enough characters, uh, the levels were super bland in areas you know it just it was like lacking character and the biggest disappointment is I can get past uh, um, a blander racer, which the, the, even the racing was a little was a little blandish it was good it was safe but it was just kind of bland it was there. Um, I could look past over that. I could look past that. The, there was no quips from the characters. Every character is silent. It's dead silence throughout the race. So, I, I mean, you know, I love the game South Park Rally, which is an absolutely terrible uh, Mario Kart ripoff. But I appreciate that through its campaign, it tried to not just be like, all right, whoever wins each race, um, you know, gets the most points. Like every race was a different objective it wasn't just becoming in first um and so the game is horrible but like one of the the leading factors as to why i love it so much is its charm it has it has a lot of charm uh every time you bump into characters or you hit characters with a weapon they're they're talking and they're swearing and and i like it it's south park nickelodeon kart racers was just it was so bland and then having no voices it killed it Nickelodeon Kart Racers 2 Grand Prix still doesn't include voices, but they definitely hired a Nickelodeon fan, um, someone along the lines of myself, to put so many Easter eggs and callbacks to small random moments of these Nicktoons, and they're plastered throughout the game. You could play one or two races in between your selections of characters, uh, crew chiefs, the crew members... The little just nods here and there they make to the shows. This is 
probably the most Nick, uh, Easter egg filled Nickelodeon game I can think of from what I've seen thus far. Enough so that I'm going to have to make a video compiling all of the Easter eggs and put I, I have to finish the game and then put that up on YouTube because that needs to be seen the amount of of how deep they went deep cuts and it made me so happy. But then the racing is still it's better and they worked with the slime a bit better and everything is better, but it's still missing that one edge to get it even close to Mario Kart 8, and I can't tell you what that is because I'm not a game developer, and I couldn't tell you, to like, oh, yeah, go and do this and and flip this up and turn this down. I wouldn't know. But they're getting there, and with the Nickelodeon references they have in the game just blew my mind. So I am enjoying my time in Nickelodeon Kart Racers 2. Not really the racing itself, but the but the package I'm enjoying. So I definitely recommend picking that up. But anyway... That's, uh, that's my juice review. That's my video game review. I think I'm all set with reviewing. Um, so uh, check out all of our social media. Everything you guys do to help out the show helps out in droves. Sharing us on Facebook, giving us a shout-out on Instagram, giving us a shout-out on Twitter, checking out any of the extra content we make for the show, any of the merch, helping out the show. I appreciate all of you. I love the Ready Crew, and uh, and you're you're on with me for the long run. There's no getting off of this ship. Anyway, on to the conversation I have with Alexis Pasta Dash Creations. So I literally never know how to start these things. It, it should feel natural, and sometimes you don't know what the right first question is. And normally my go-to in this whole series has been, what is your first memory of SpongeBob? But I think because we're at least closer in age to most I've spoken to, I'm going to yeah. assume that your first memory of SpongeBob is probably mine, which yeah. is seeing him first on TV. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, but um, I'm going to switch it up, and I'll let you answer the first time you saw him, but I want to know what your favorite SpongeBob memory is. Oh, man. Yeah. You're starting off by I, backing me into a corner here. <laughs> I thought about that all day. I'm like, you know, I don't think I've ever asked anybody what their favorite SpongeBob moment is, and or a memory or an anecdote, just a time that was associated with SpongeBob that you remember in your life. Well, there's so many to choose from. That's I, the problem. I know. You know, it's terrible as I couldn't answer my own question. <laughs> right. I was going to throw you in the fire, like, go, answer it. <laughs> I mean, like, just off the top of my head, I could tell you my favorite SpongeBob joke of all time is the who put you on the planet dance. Um, <laughs> that is my absolute favorite. That's why uh, my fish Sona for the credits is going to be, like, a little dancing gif of that. Um, but... 
she's a flatfish because I really like all the flounders. <laughs> uh, so I made like a little like character based on me and flats. <laughs> like it's like a mixture. And uh, she's like a gif and she's doing the dance. And um, that was that was probably like the first 2D animation I've ever done. So, uh, well, animation as in like animation, animation, not like animatic. Yeah. Because I had to do one for school to to graduate, but I was mostly 3D. So how now here's a question for you, because I unfortunately now I don't want to say missed the boat because I can go to animation school at any point in my life and i feel like oh yeah it's never too late it's never too late um i think i'm a really good example of that too actually because did uh, you not go right after high school um well actually what i did was um when i first got out of high school i went to um a much bigger like more well-known uh school i went to akron university okay um and uh, my first major was vocal performance, and I specialized in opera. Um, so I studied there for about two years. And then um, some mis- like some some things kind of came up. Like, it, it started to be really expensive. Like, just in fees alone on top of uh, the tuition, just for one class was five hundred dollars wow it was very ridiculous uh i don't really have that positive of an outlook on akron university nowadays but uh, (laughs) at the same at the same time i know the school is more interested in engineers and if i was an engineer they'd probably treat me better but uh i didn't have a very good experience there like my mom had worked there for 10 plus years to try and get re-education for me and my brother and she was fired the year before i came in oh geez yeah um it was over something very petty um my mom is like the kind of person who would you know go up against people if uh if there's a problem like she'll she's not afraid to fight them and i think that's where i got it from (laughs) it sounds like she's got a good moral code uh Moving on from that, so, uh, <laughs> so we're not going to talk about that. But I'm proud of it, though. I'm proud of it. <laughs> I, I, um, I ended up realizing that it was way too expensive for something that probably wouldn't even really give me a solid job prospect. And uh, that was about when I met my fiance and decided I wanted to get married. So, uh, I decided that I needed a stronger, you you found your fiance and then decided to get married. No, (laughs) (laughs) like as in, I met him. I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) how long, how long were you guys together before you decided to, Hey, we're going to get married a year. Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah, it's um it's a little short for some people, but honestly, like when you know, you know, and this like he is my like I don't want to say anything cheesy like missing piece or like my, like my half like half of me, but like honestly, we work so well as a team. Like I 
am right-brained and he's left-brained. And, um, like, we know each other so well. Um, like, he's very good at, like, dealing with adult stuff. And I'm really good at, like, making sure that the happiness stays and we do stuff that keep each other happy. So, like, I don't know. There's just countless ways that we work as a perfect team. Well, um, that's, I mean, that's so, it's so refreshing to hear. I, I like hearing stuff like that and don't <laughs> feel like you have to shy away from, like, the cheesy, mushy stuff because I, I'm an emotional person. I, I like hearing that stuff so i'm, I'm glad yeah, you guys found each other yeah um you know we actually we met through clover which is a dating app so um he also lives in my state but um he lived about an hour and a half away from me like over 50 miles and it was in, like it was kind of a fluke because both of us had set like our range to within 50 miles. So I don't know how that happened. <laughs> that's, but it was kind of like a That's miracle. the fate of the universe working in your favor. Exactly. Oh, um, man. Yeah. But uh, anyway, when I decided that I wanted to marry him, um, I took a little bit of time off. And then after that, I went, oh, I decided I was going to go to Stark State, which is a technical school. So it, was going to take a little bit less time than normal to get a full degree. And um, I wanted to go for uh, anything media, really. And when I went, I went for uh, digital video and media technology, which is a whole bunch of words to just say I studied a little bit of everything and mostly videography. <laughs> well at least you can and, get it out instead of listing everything you you got into or studied yeah under. i mean like i could list things like i i did photography graphic design illustration animation um uh motion graphics lighting um videography um video editing, audio recording, audio He's editing. Every every yeah. step of the way. Yes, literally everything. Um and then through my after my first year, I I'm the kind of person that like takes control of things. So, I was taking 21 credit hours per semester, that's double full time. Um and I was also the president of the multimedia club. And I was also working a part-time unpaid internship, and I was also working a part-time job as a lifeguard. Okay. You, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how you and I operate. Now, I'm not saying I'm not good at managing things, but I feel like in this situation, I'm the guy who just started learning how to juggle with four items. And then you came next to me. And said, "Oh yeah, check this out," and threw up like five <laughs> chainsaws. Like this is yeah, <laughs> while also filing your taxes at the same time. <laughs> well, that's unrealistic because <laughs> I would never know how to fucking file taxes. Uh, that's what Eric is for. My my fiance, my Eric. <laughs> yeah, there's two Erics around. <laughs> yes, Eric, Eric is the name of my fiance. 
uh, which is which is strange because you know I'm talking to you, Eric, and I'm like, oh crap, this is weird. There's and two like, Erics. Sometimes... There's only one captain here. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as far as you know. Uh, as far as I know, he could be a captain in an actual legit sense, and I could be here with my silly podcast and going, oh well, I'm a captain too. <laughs> <laughs> only thing he's captain of is probably like his own. Uh, minecraft raid team or something <laughs> oh he must be stoked after the news this morning uh he i don't well i wouldn't know because uh he works from uh sometime during when i'm already at work to uh 10 30 at night so um so I haven't actually seen him all. <laughs> so hope there's a possibility he could be upset with the news this morning. Of... I'm sure he'd love it because he loves Smash Bros. and he loves Minecraft. I'm glad we're on the he... same page. I, I was like, I didn't say what the news was. Maybe she thinks of something different. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, I have been hearing about it all day. <laughs> you know, like um, in a SpongeBob server full of, you know, teenagers and children. Uh, hearing about it like a lot see a lot of edited videos and stuff about it but we and, love we uh, love them all oh yeah of course i love literally everyone in the server like i know that's probably like a weird like like oh you don't really mean that but i swear to god like anyone who messages me i'll be like yeah what's up like i love talking to these people um i just love talking to people in general but like the fact that all of these people are putting so much effort into um, creating this amazing work of art, like, even though it's a recreation of something that's already been made, I just, it feels like one of the most special things in the world to me. It's, it's certainly, and I mean, even starting this podcast, you could throw a stone and hit somebody who is a, a quote unquote fan of SpongeBob, but um this year alone, I've just been speaking to more fans on my level, I would say. And it's just so nice to then even going beyond SpongeBob and learning about them as a person and uh, the things in their life. And it's just so I don't know. It's nice to have all these connections with so many other people around the world. Oh, yeah. Um, not only is it like awesome to make all these new friends, like uh, all the people uh, that were in the last episode, plus uh, some of the people that couldn't be on that episode. Um, like, I have made so many amazing and wonderful friends uh, on this, like, during this project. Um, and it's crazy sometimes to think, like, I came in not expecting anything, and now I'm one of the hosts, and I'm actually the busiest host because I get a lot of the work <laughs> and I'm I'm the one that like everyone goes to because they're like oh Alexis she's so nice I love her like well me and Kane are kind of the uh the two that everyone go to but um even Kane will tell you like yeah uh she probably gets more than I do which <laughs> <laughs> and well you, you know, guys like... got to take some of the workload off each other too and you know someone's busy oh, yeah. or because you guys are running this thing while also living your lives outside of it yeah and we're not actually getting paid for any of this so no, it's like no. um i mean like i do not resent that at all 
I actually have always wanted to be in one of these reanimated collabs. Um, ever since I saw the Shrek Retold project, I adored it. And, you know, at the time I wasn't really an animator uh, because like I was going to tell you, long story short, after the first year in school, I decided to also pick up 3D animation. And that's when I first started learning. And that was, and I graduated about a year ago, so I've only been studying it for two years. Okay. Um, but I'd like to say that I'm I'm getting pretty far into it, and God, it's my favorite thing to do in the world. Well, to draw. Um, no, I hate drawing. <laughs> <laughs> um, modeling and animating. Um, animating mostly. But modeling can be really fun too. It's like um, it's like making something out of clay, or like what I do um, on Etsy. I, I crochet stuffed animals, and a lot of the time I'll do it from the top of my head. Uh, I don't have a pattern sometimes, so I'll just kind of make it up as I go, and it's kind of like that, um, like imagining every stitch as like a triangle or square on the model I'm working on, you know. Absolutely. I've never touched. Unfortunately, I never got to touch any of that stuff. Um, and I wanted the first time I knew I wanted to do something with my life was drawing SpongeBob. Uh, and as a kid, I would as far as I can remember, I would take coloring books or Nick magazine or anything with the Rugrats on it or Rocco or Hey Arnold. And I would um, copy it. But by doing it more often, I would then almost like train my hand to do it freehand. So mm. that I kept that going and, and I was able to do that with SpongeBob to the point that I, I was, I'm able to draw all those characters now just completely off the top of my head and, and have fun with them and put them, put them in different scenes. Um, but as a kid, I'm like, Oh, I can do this as a job. I can do this as a career uh, sitting in my father's bedroom, which is was so funny that we picked the the paper well you picked the paper but <laughs> the fact that for so long this was my favorite episode because it was one of the few cartoon shows that made my father like gut laugh <laughs> um, yeah i remember that story yeah and and the paper was one of our favorite episodes because i used to um i used to do the bit in front of him where spongebob pretends to have to be a guy with a mustache <laughs> I used to do that in front of him all the time, and it would make him laugh. Um, so going from drawing SpongeBob to then everything I was doing in art in high school was – I was a pop culture artist. I would try to incorporate the things I liked into every single uh, art project. Right. And what was crushing was the – in, and I don't know if this is the same in every art yeah, – or uh, every town around the, the world or country, um, but in Enfield – the if you were looking to go to art school at all, you had to basically take this class, which was called portfolio, which was um, taught by the head of the art department in town, and it was basically designing you to get you ready to go to art school. So everything you make in that class, you you would be it's all portfolio level work that you could show to your art school. And I was warned for years that this guy did not like cartoons. He did not like animation. It was like the lowest form of art to him. He uh. th he talked down about it so much. And that was the roughest year of art I've ever had because it just I was getting punched down constantly. And so I really 
and I don't want to put all, and I've said this before in the podcast, I definitely don't want to put all the blame on him. Um, I, that was my own choice to just not like go forward with it, but I definitely wasn't ready and didn't have that rocket fuel that I really needed. Um, and I kept broadening my, my desire for a career of, okay, then I want to make movies and movies are more accessible to get into. And, um, then I just want to make things. And at the end of the day, I just want to do something that makes, brings a smile to someone's face. I want to make someone out there happy. Um, you know, even if it's downloading a podcast and them, you know, listening to it in the car or whatnot. So, um, it, for myself, it's certainly broadened, but man, what I really, what I would love to get into animation at some point. So I think that's super impressive that you were able to go through that. Now you're, you know, you're making 3d models. That's, I wouldn't even know yeah. the program to download for that. <laughs> I use 3ds max. It's like an auto desk product and like Maya's attached to it as well as this other program that I don't really know, but it's usually mostly used for architects and stuff. Um, and engineers, but um, actually, the program that I'm using, 3ds Max, um, well, if you wanted to get into it for like theatrical uh, animation purposes, then I would not use 3ds Max. I would use Maya. Uh, my school was more uh, game, uh, video game asset oriented, so they taught me on 3ds Max. But um, if you have a student email of any kind, you can go onto the Autodesk website and sign up for a free trial for three years. Wow, I mean that that is a massive free trial. It it is, um, and it's supposed to last for the time you're in school, you know. So, right, right. Um, and since I started on my second slash last year of school, um, I still have it for a little while yet so i'm gonna do what i can to make sure that i learn maya um get really good at that program like just in case uh i ever want to get a corporate job but like right now where i am i'm thinking i'm gonna do like some more indie stuff um i kind of you know through this project the way that i've been um you know leading everything um, I, I think I've found out that I really love being a creative director. Yeah, uh, like a creative director, a project manager. I think from everything I've seen and heard, you're, you're perfect for those kind of jobs. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I'm a multitasker. I love doing all things art and media. Like even if I don't like my own skills, I... I feel like I have a good eye for them. Like I have grown up on animation. I've never been able to like, well, okay, maybe not never, but I've never <laughs> really been into live action as much as I have animation. It's just, it blo it's always blown me away. Um, animation has been like a super important part of my life for the entirety of it. And Honestly, I can't believe it took as long as it did to realize that that was the path that I should start going towards until my second year at Stark State. Well, it, it, that's why I would tell my advice to anybody younger is uh, there's this unneeded pressure throughout going sc through school that you need to figure out what you're doing now. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think that's completely wrong. Um, because th this, this is the way I think about it. Um, there will be one day in my life that I, I officially am an employee with Nickelodeon. And on the day that happens, I know I'm going to have a thought that every, every speed bump, every thing that happened on, the, on my path of life to this moment was meant to happen and here I am like and it's not going to matter how long that takes how old I am even if I become the janitor of Nickelodeon at like 80 years old I will have that moment uh, that everything led up to right here and it's all fine like that's your story and it oh, doesn't yeah. need to be right out of high school and you don't need to trip right <laughs> into something it could take you years decades to discover what really makes you happy in this world and um Man, whatever makes you happy. If you can make money from it, do it. Yeah, like during school, I thought that I was going to be a writer. Um, I did it a lot. Like I wrote a lot when I was uh, in high school and middle school. And I still write a little bit now, but it's not really my priority. It's just um, what it is, is it's a matter of finding out what you love to do and what excites you to learn more about it. Right. Um, right. There could be times, even if it's the thing that you think you're meant to do, where you feel exhausted and you don't feel like doing it for a few days or a few weeks or something like that. Like, everyone gets burnt out of everything. Like, imagine eating your favorite food, like, every day of your life. Like, you couldn't do that. Um... No I mean, I, I haven't had the opportunity to, but I, I'd be willing to try. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, of course, I could probably eat crab meat for, like, a really long time until it starts to get, like, boring or disgusting. Because, you know, even though we're creatures of habit, we love at least, like, little amounts of change to keep things exciting in our lives. Um, and... I don't know why my mind keeps going to this, but have you ever seen the film um, Old Boy? It sounds so familiar. It's the one where at the end of it, it turns I, out that the person, well, actually, maybe I, I, said that, I think it. I saw the remake. Uh, but I know, oh, yeah, with, the jo uh, with Josh terrible. Berlin. Um, you should never watch that. Somebody oh had said, God. watch Old Boy, and I said, okay. And the, oh, no. And the only thing that came up, like, the first thing that came up was Josh Brolin and Elizabeth Olsen. I'm like, okay, this must be it. No. Uh, and <laughs> It's like, oh, my gosh, you have to watch the original. It's so much better. So, so much. Like, I watched the dub of the original. It's... It's the same as, well, okay, it's not the same as watching the original with <laughs> subs, but it's so much better than the 2013 one. Well, if you, I'm, just, like, I'm just reading about it. If <laughs> you if you look at the guy who directed the remake, he didn't care. It was one of those movies where he made it for people who asked him for it, and he was not really into it at all. Um Actually, you should check out why you're talking about Spike Lee. <laughs> Spike yes. Lee directed it. Yeah, I know. Oh my goodness, uh, that's so perfect! Like everything you just said, I didn't even see the name. I'm like, I can think of three directors, kind of like Spike <laughs> Lee, and then I looked and went, "Oh wow." <laughs> yeah, I guess I just wanted to. 
I didn't want to say his name because I wasn't sure if I was going to, you know, mix, uh, mix it up with someone else's. But, um, but honestly, like if you watch uh, YMS's video on it, that's uh, Your Movie Sucks on YouTube. Yep. Uh, I've seen it like a bunch of times. But um, like he shows all these interviews of Spike Lee uh, talking about the film and he looks like he's going to fall asleep in every single one of them. And it's ridiculous that he cares so little about such a wonderful movie. Like the thought even crossed my mind to like, remake the movie myself <laughs> like and just show them uh, up like one up them yeah as like an animated thing and change up like tiny things here and there but keep it as original as possible because the original was so powerful and wonderful such a good well, movie looking that it got high praise from quentin tarantino is already um yes making me <laughs> want to watch the the first one quentin tarantino is um he's like my second idol like um ever since david bowie passed away um who i've been obsessed with since i was six years old um ever since then um i've been kind of like hoping for a new muse to like base my um expectations of my own life and growth on uh, someone who's still like around to show me more because I, I do know a lot about David Bowie already. And of course he'll always be my number one muse, but um, Quentin Tarantino is absolutely, um, he's just. His, his passion and energy is unparalleled with any other director in Hollywood. You can see it through his movies. Uh, he what I would recommend to anybody who who doesn't who doesn't want to hear from Quentin Tarantino just how amazing he is, there's a short <laughs> clip of Jamie Foxx on uh, on Howard Stern talking about working on Django Unchained. That's and my favorite of his movies, by the way. Same here. Same here. Same here. <laughs> and hearing what Quentin pulling Jamie Foxx aside and basically verbally slapping him in the face. And so here's this this story, and Howard Stern asks him, like, wow, would you ever work with him again? And Jamie Foxx goes, a million times. Because he understands when you show up, you are you are getting the full experience. You are in a Quentin Tarantino movie, and it's his vision to the, to the tiniest uh, point or the tiniest little detail, and everything has to be perfect. And you want to exude yeah. as an actor those words off the page on the screen. You want to make him happy. Um, yeah. what's crazy is my muse is somebody who hangs out with a guy with the last name muse because my muse is Kevin Smith huh. and uh, ever since I saw Clerks when I was like 11 years old and started following the trajectory of his career um, and, and listening to him I could listen to Kevin Smith talk for 7 hours which he probably would have no problem doing so um, <laughs> my, uh, my girlfriend had, had brought me to, she had got me probably one of the most insane gifts I've ever been given, but she, she gave me two tickets to, um, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot road show, which instead of releasing the movie just in theaters and have it sit there for three weeks, Kevin Smith said, Oh, you know, let's, uh, let's have, 
you know, these two days where it'll be in all theaters, but then we'll bring it out in the road and we'll do a Q&A afterwards and, and it'll be a, a, an easier way to make more money, but it'll just take a little bit longer and it'll be fun. Um, so she got tickets not only for me to, to be there, but then to meet him afterwards. So I was sweating the entire time. But when the Q&A started after the movie, um, only three or four hands in the audience popped up and she she like turned to me and was like, uh, do, do a Pete, do not a lot of fans here want to hear from him. And I'm like, Oh no, the real fans didn't put, put up their hands. Cause you'll see, because <laughs> one question takes like 30 minutes to answer 35. And he's such a whirlwind of a human being that he ends up inadvertently answering like 10 other questions while answering one. Um, <laughs> so seeing all of that and just seeing, the one thing I like about him is, is I thought about him when you were talking about Spike Lee and how boring he, he seemed talking about his movie, but Kevin Smith could make something that is absolutely objectively terrible and tell you that it's terrible, but then tell you how, why it's awesome in behind its terribleness. And I just like that somebody is so self-aware and, just like myself, just wants to make things for the people who want to who want to hear it, want to see it. Um, and yet, I mean, that's if I was going to base like a career, I would love to have. I mean, if I could have something as popular on, if I could have one thing in this world as popular as Jay and Silent Bob, I would be happy. I would be set. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that what gets me the most about David Bowie is just his fearlessness i guess i i shouldn't say fearlessness because the reason why he created all of these personas for the stage was because he was actually kind of nervous um and creating the personas made it easier for him to go up on stage or at least that's what i understand that you know but when you said fearless i did think about that and i'm i'm sure you've seen it but the clip of him on mtv um when he calls he calls mtv out on the spot for not featuring as many um, um, cultured artists in the world. Yeah. And man, yeah. that to be on his level to then go on MTV and basically call him out like that. Just it's one of, it's one of like <laughs> the is... biggest moments in music history. Yeah. And that's such a me thing to do. Like when I see something that's wrong, that bothers me, I will. It doesn't matter what context it's in. I will say something about it. Same. Like <laughs> and... a- absolutely same. <laughs> Like, um, you can even ask anyone on the project server or who has been involved in the project in some way. Uh, I I have done this to them before. (laughs) Um, There has been a couple times where people have been a little bit unfair or extremely unfair with uh, with my staff. And as soon as I see anything that isn't right, I, I will go in and I'll be like, all right, listen, you're wrong and here's why. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, um, I respect that kind of honesty and that's the kind of not to blow smoke at you or anything, but that's that's what a project needs. That's what a manager needs to do is you need to be open and honest with people because if you're afraid to be honest with them or afraid to tell people what you think right away, it's just prolonging the inevitable. Oh yeah. That's that's something I live by in my like regular life as well. Like I 
really don't like dishonesty. It's, um, it's one of my biggest problems in life. Um, I actually, um, I've been recently diagnosed with PTSD on top of my, uh, depression and anxiety. Um, and I've been starting to discover more of my triggers and I think that dishonesty is one of them because, um, for a long time, well, not even for a long time, but basically my entire life, there are things that I'm very ashamed of. Like I, uh, I really don't like that. I'm, I, I don't want to say completely gullible, but cause, cause I, I can recognize a lot of lies and stop them before something happens. But, uh, I think I'm trusting to a fault sometimes. Um, try, look, you're you're almost reading my book because that's <laughs> I I have been burned so many times um, by people, and I, I'm gonna say something that I hope I think you'll agree with, but it never really deters you from from helping people again. Maybe not the oh, same yeah. person, but you're always willing to give somebody a really big chance, like if it's their mm -hmm. first time. No matter no matter the percentages of the amount of people who have burned you like the when you get to help somebody out that's it's the biggest high mm -hmm. oh yeah and um i don't know i just i've always been a kind of like mostly selfless person but i also know when to be selfish i guess <laughs> <laughs> um like you know i want to keep myself happy as much as i can keep others happy but Holy crap, do I love making others happy. <laughs> no, same like, same here and um you know the the depression and anxiety look you're you're talking among a friend. I I deal with the same stuff myself. Uh and my mother and I had this nice moment um 2 or 3 years ago. We had left a uh, a bad family gathering and she was like, "Do you mind if I you know, I live right around the corner from uh my cousins." And she was like, "Do you mind if I smoke a cigarette outside and we can talk?" And I'm like, "Sure." And while we were talking, she kind of, it was like the first time in my life that she realized that I have just been dealing with all of the same things that she has been doing. Because like me, my mother is selfless and has been burned and had those bridges burned by other people. And I've had to watch that my entire life and see that, you know, the times that it's happened. And uh, I was yeah. young for a lot of that stuff, so I don't know the whole story, but um, that was nice to know. But at the same time, as I've gotten a little bit older, uh, I've become a little bit more self selfish with my personal time just because I know by giving it up how much I'm actually losing and that, hey, our personal time, you know, when you can just do the stuff that you can really zone into, like make art, play video games, relax, read a book, those moments are important and helping yourself out filling your gas tank mm -hmm. is just as important as helping anyone else out. Yeah. Um, I think in that aspect, it's definitely a good thing that I like working. <laughs> 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 um, not just working in general, honestly, uh, I'm going to give you the ugly truth here. I am a terrible employee when I don't care about the work. <laughs> Maybe not like horrible, horrible, like a lot of stories that I've heard 
on like subreddits and stuff but um i can be like a bit lackluster and i really just don't care uh when when it's something that doesn't fall under my field that doesn't catch my interest i i can really mess it up i um, uh <laughs> i i am very good at hiding it that i don't care about work but what really stinks is oh, when i'm at work is it's when i have the most drive to and i don't know if it's because i'm at work but I, it's when i have the most drive to do stuff i'm like sitting at work going, I need to upload, I need to upload like the next 20 episodes of this podcast on YouTube to make sure everything is back up in sync and I'm at work. I can't do that right now. Yeah, no, trust me. I have the exact same mindset at work like all the time. Uh, that's why I prefer jobs where like I have like access to a computer and I am not expected to do things 24-7, but I'm there when needed, you know? Um, I, I have so many hobbies and so many things that I'm working towards in life that I want to constantly be doing those things so that I get better as, as fast as I can, you know? Um, and like not even just to reach a goal, I just want to be better all the time. So uh, that's what I do. I just work towards bettering myself and bettering my skills. Um, but like at the job I have right now, I do have access to a computer and um, I do like concession stuff. And I don't like getting up in the morning for it, but um, I do love the people that are there because they're all so nice. I work at a country club, by the way. Um, oh, that's, that is, that's super nice. Yeah, so um, it's a very nice place. Wonderful, wonderful staff that I work with. And, um, you know, all of the people that come in, they're so sweet and kind. There's like one or two people that are kind of, you know, racist and like kind of <laughs> mean because, you know, like, let's face it, they're old white men. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and well, thank, thank goodness they are just taking all their hatred out in the golf course. <laughs> exactly. And hopefully not anywhere outside of that. It's yeah. so weird. You said you work at a country club because I was going to bring up when we were talking about being busy. Um, my my cousin who lives around the corner just recently this year got into golf. And when I say got into golf, he if it's if golf was a pool, he jumped off of the tallest diving board into the deep end. <laughs> he went full fledged, like almost biweekly. Um, getting into the clothing, and I'm still going out in the golf course with a SpongeBob T-shirt and jeans. Um, <laughs> but this past Wednesday, he was like, uh, the, "Oh, this past Tuesday, he was like, we usually go on Tuesdays, and I had so much I had to, I wanted to get done in my house, clean, and there was art projects I wanted to do. I had to edit um, more of the uh, podcast for other episodes, and he was like." He was like, I take it no golf today. And I said, oh, let's skip this week. I got a bunch of stuff. And he goes, for a guy who isn't married and has no kids, you sure are a busy man. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, like after 45 hours a week and this podcast and not really ever being satisfied with how my home looks. I, yeah, I am pretty busy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that sounds like such a me thing to do, though, too. Um, well, actually not just that the thing that your friend did too um 
my my apartment is a little bit of a mess but i'm a messy person uh when it comes to my personal space like if it's like at work obviously i'm uh i do my best to keep it like clean and nice and everything um but you know at home i just i don't do dishes that's eric's job <laughs> um, i don't like I, I even right now i am looking at my computer desk and there's like random dollar bills strewn all around like i don't know where they're from <laughs> but there's like some on the ground and there's like a couple in the corner there's a couple under my keyboard and that is probably half thanks to my cat but also <laughs> because um i just I, I don't care that much like i know that eventually if i need money i know i can i can run in here and grab oh, there's all some the dollar bills i think on the ground like, I mean, if I find some, like, someday and didn't remember that it was there, it's like, you know, ooh, free money, you know? <laughs> I, uh, I, it's, see, I'm the opposite. I want to be super organized with things, but I, I don't know when you're just, when you don't have a mother to appease with the look of your room, you're kind of like, it's always a constant, I'll get it next day off. I'll get it tomorrow. Exactly. I'll, yeah. And, I guess the hope is maybe one day there'll be a day where I can just be it's fully done for a second and I can relax. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hoping that day comes sooner rather than later. But uh, no, like this past, usually what will happen is I'll, I'll take a day off coming up and it'll I'll set my sights on one thing. Uh, and more than that, less, the more that I will go, all right, this day is just cleaning. If I spent four solid hours of cleaning, it could just all be done. And what'll happen is I'll get in the, I'll get there in the day off, and it's like, well, I need to relax, so I'm just going to play video games, and then that turns into four or five hours, um, and then I just don't do it. I don't clean. So this past <laughs> Tuesday was like the first time I was ever every. I almost had different stations in my house, like almost every two hours, stop cleaning, go play two hours of video games. And then when that's done, spend two hours fixing things up for the podcast, then spend two <laughs> hours cleaning. And it was actually fairly successful. So I think moving oh, forward. Oh, yeah. I'm going to I do stuff like that station all the time. things off. Yeah, when there's something that I don't want to do, I stagger the uh, different things in between like a bunch of breaks because, you know, when there's work that I want to have done that I want to do and work that I want to have done that I don't want to do, <laughs> like obviously I'm going to gravitate towards the stuff that I want to do. But basically, like, even during breaks, I'm working. That's just my thing, I guess. I just am constantly working You're forever. You're constantly <laughs> juggling, and you cannot drop any of those chainsaws. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how it feels sometimes, really. And, like, I don't get burnt out that easily because I think I know when to manage my time successfully. Um, when I was in school taking 21 credit hours per semester, that was hard. And I did crash uh, after every final. But, um, you know, it worked out in the end because I ended up graduating with um, two associate's degrees, with both with um, distinction in recognition of uh, outstanding academic achievement. That's how it's worded. Um, in the time that it takes to only get one. Wow. And I was also on the Dean's list for 
uh, the last year, the last consecutive year. And uh, speaking of jumping into things too, um, like your friend, um, I was going to say when I first started the animation uh, program at school, I accidentally skipped the intro class to learning 3ds max so uh it was either um well after that first intro class you take three uh classes all together and one is for animation one is for texturing and one is for modeling yep and there were three separate classes so it was basically like seeing this professor three uh or three times the amount you would to see him for any regular class since it's, you know, three, but like, um, we treated it as like an extended class basically. Um, but he always preferred that we take all three of those at the same time. And, uh, so it was either drop all three of those classes or, um, learn how to do max really quickly and pass the, uh, passed the class by testing out of it um and i ended up learning the entire program within the first week wow yeah um <laughs> that is pretty impressive yeah i was i was actually really impressed with myself um it you know there were very little times i was lost in classes too i think maybe i learned a little bit more than i was supposed to but um like, you know, I dedicated all of my time. I dropped everything and was like, all right, I need to learn this program so that I can stay in these three classes and graduate in the same amount of time that I expect. So, you know, and I did it. Like, I I was very proud of myself. You, and you honestly, absolutely should be. I don't think most people would be able to handle that. <laughs> I mean, especially, mind you, you're probably juggling a lot more at the same time. Yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm a bit like, I know this already goes without saying, but I'm a very busy person and all of my friends are always like, how? Like, they're just always asking me, how do you do this? And honestly, I don't have a, <laughs> an answer for that. <laughs> like any sane answer anyway. I don't know how I do it most of the time. Maybe it's just because I love doing it and I'm an energetic person and at least it doesn't require me to be physically active otherwise i would be doomed <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm the same way i i can't do i just can't do physical i uh, i after i got i got fired once in my life from a job that i absolutely loved and this isn't the time or place to get into that story but i was really distraught and my um my mom was like hey how about you go see if they need a uh someone over at this place in town which deals with industrial dust collectors and i didn't know that going in she she just named the place and i was like okay i'll stop by um and they basically hired me on the spot and i'm like okay and it was you know you're going to be dealing with these massive dust collectors um and i honestly my time there was very short i was able to get my my cousin's brother-in-law in into that company which he was absolutely meant for but when it was really good, it was a great job, and, and you had a fun time, and it was really bad. You're on the top of a industrial concrete silo in upstate New York in the middle of February, uh, freezing your buns off, and, <laughs> like, 
looking over the edge of the silo and having to do the worst work possible because concrete dust, once seen by moisture, creates concrete. So mm-hmm. all of the dust collector on the inside is basically, you just have to chisel concrete. And I remember just like tearing up one day going, I can't, I can't do this full time. I just, this sucks. And yeah. uh, I'd rather be creating something. And I have so much respect for the people who have to do all that work. I mean, I, for the time I did it, I saw with my own eyes and hands what I was, you know, what these people do every day. So much respect for them. But yeah, my body was just breaking down by the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm such a baby when it comes to both cold and physical labor. I have like, um, I have no constitution. I can't, I, uh, I just can't stay sane when I have to be lifting heavy things all the time or like running around everywhere. It's, um, like sometimes, uh, when, like when the, uh, golf season ends really soon here, they're going to move me inside and they're going to have me, uh, be a host in their dining area on the inside and honestly i'm dreading that only because there's not a stool i can sit on i just i have to stand the whole time (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) like i said i'm such a baby (laughs) (laughs) i need a stool get me a stool you should demand that you are a host No, nah, host means something a, a lot different in this, uh, in this circumstance. Oh, of course. Not as important. <laughs> uh, before we get into the paper, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back to get our square pants on. 2,000 years later. I have a cat, um, which she is allergic to, and uh, there's reason behind... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 but uh, my... Uh, my cat, uh, his name is Ryuk. I've uh, we decided to name him after the uh, the Shinigami in Death Note. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Although, don't don't be mad. I haven't seen the show. I have not read it, but I have seen the Netflix movie. No! 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 <laughs> I I got I got excited for it because of Will, Willem Dafoe. I when yeah, I heard no, he was going to voice the demon, I'm like, "All right, I'll check this out." And I got to be honest with you, and I don't and I've asked people who are fans of the of the books and who've seen the show, the one thing that that upsets me, it like enrages me when I'm watching a movie or a TV show is when there's a character like L who Throughout, you know, he's the detective. He's figuring out the crime. He figures it out and is right, but like his reasoning for figuring it out was weak. I don't know. I just felt I hate oh, when a character is yeah. right, but they have no reason to be right. The L in the movie is nothing. Absolutely, like a speck of dust, uh, on a piece of garbage, on Garbage Island, <laughs> compared. <laughs> to the real true L. You you need to watch the anime. You need to. And good uh fun fact for you, you don't have to watch past a certain point in the show. I'd tell you but it's a spoiler. 
So, like, you know, if you want, you should, like, watch it, and then when something big happens, you can be like, is this where I need to stop? (laughs) Okay, I'll make sure to do that. Or I could literally just, like, look up the episode that you need to watch up to, but... Um, no, yeah, I was... that happens, and after that, it goes way downhill because, like, the ending is not very good. Um, but, like, the majority of the show is so incredibly wonderful and insightful. I, I've definitely had, I've had, hang, it takes me a while to get into something, even if it's super popular. Like, I just, when the pandemic really hit, it was the first time working where I where I'm around. I just I work at GameStop, I'm a manager within GameStop, so constantly around my Hero Academia stuff. So mm-hmm. during the pandemic, when things were just shut down, I was like, well, I guess I'll start this, and I got pushed to do it, and I I yeah. was watching it like every day, um, and I hit a wall. I I finished season three. And I'm like, I'm going to take a bit of a break just to breathe a little bit, and then I'll eventually get back into it. But that that was like years in the making. In. No, I yeah. I stopped. I finished season three about uh, maybe beginning of July, mid-July, and then I was like, oh, I'll play the first video game, and um, I'm just going to... I don't know when I'll pick it back up, but I'll definitely pick it back up. I loved it. Yeah, I watched up to when they got their hero licenses, and after that, I kind of stopped like it's not because of uh tiredness i think that at that point i didn't have access to the rest of it so um plus i watched the dub and i i it probably wasn't dubbed at that point um and i guess it's just been a while since i've gotten back into it but ida was my favorite i am a sucker for the, oh my goodness like, stop for the very stop. strict play for the stop. rules guys what that's my favorite character in the show Really? <laughs> like ab- oh, absolutely no joke. The my favorite episodes. I have two favorite episodes where I was like, "Oh my god, this is happening." I absolutely love when uh the fight with Stain happens. Yes. Oh, because it's so it good. felt like all the emotion with so Ida telling him like, "Don't do like just what are you doing? Don't do it." And getting in that situation, having Deku come out of nowhere, him punching Stain, I'm like, if I were to ever get a tattoo of a scene from a comic book, it would be the Deku punch on Stain because it just had such an effect on me. Because uh, I just haven't gotten that excited about a show in so long. I was, I, I'll be honest, I was in the bathroom watching and I just yelled like, oh my god! Speaking of yelling, I'm sorry that I just screamed. <laughs> no, it's all right. My cat, my cat dug his claws into the bottom of my foot. I didn't realize uh, where he was. What a jerk! <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when um, when Bakugo got kidnapped, yeah, I was like, I really hope there's they they go after him like against rules. And when they did, I was that was my favorite moment in the entire show. Is these characters going like? We know that this is wrong, and we got in trouble with it the first time. But you know what? We're doing this, and man, I had no idea how that was going to. The fact that Ida showed up and was like, "I, I'm going with you," was just Mm -hmm. probably one of my favorite moments in the entire show. So good. Even though he Um, was the guy that's like, "I can't do this, but I'm going to do it." You know, have you ever played Danganronpa? Uh, That sounds familiar. 
it's uh it's a video game and it's like one of those um it's kind of built like a dating sim but like just as in like um you know there's the character avatars and their text comes up on the bottom of the screen and you see the background behind them you know yeah but um there's like a little bit of gameplay involved but basically the main story is that uh there's a selection of children um who are like chosen to go to this very special school and um at the school they uh they take only the elite like the best person in their field so like there would be the ultimate animator the ultimate um <laughs> the ultimate artist the ultimate uh this the ultimate that you know um and um and they put them all in the school but when they go to orientation uh, they all pass out and then find themselves locked in the school and a uh, a bear robot creature named Monokuma comes out and he says, hey, guess what? You guys gotta kill each other. And after every death, you go to uh, a, like a little area where you basically hold a trial and you have to figure out who killed who and why. Oh, okay. It is my favorite game ever, and you would adore it. Especially in the first game, there's this character named Kiyotaka. You would adore him. He is he is Ida. He's he's that uh, you know that Japanese trope where he follows the rules to a T, and he's like the cutest thing ever, and he's like yelling at people for putting their feet up on desks like he does you know? <laughs> that's just the kind of character he is and there's like something that happens to him in the game that just you feel awful for i i attach to just i i always like main characters but when it comes to anime for some reason i always greatly attach to a side character you know dragon ball it's... z growing up it was vegeta and you would think with my hero, you would think with that same mentality, like, oh, you must really love Bakugo. No, I absolutely hate that guy. But Ido is a character yeah. that, like, I immediately attach to as a character. Like, yeah. because they were able to let you into his mind a little bit and know, like, I'm clearly, in the beginning when they first joined, like, I'm clearly the best person here, but this young kid did did just as well or even better, and I should start paying attention to how he's doing things. Yeah. And I don't know, um, that just that got to me in some way. There's there's a lot of characters. Like, honestly, almost every character in the Danganronpa series, uh, it's, a, it's a hard one to get into because you have to play the first game, then the second game, then uh, Ultra Despair Girls, then watch the anime. Uh, but in a weird order, you have to watch the first episode of the first season, then the first episode of the second season, then the second episode of the first season, and back and forth until you get to the end. And then you can play Danganronpa 3. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> but, like, um, <laughs> it, you know, it's one of those, like, really crazy anime, like, Japanese uh, things. Because, like, you know, they name things so strangely and it's hard to follow sometimes. But it is so incredibly worth it. Um, 
The second game is the best game, I gotta say. Uh, Goodbye, Despair. Yes, yes, Goodbye, Despair. And a character named Nagido is one of my most favorite characters in all of fiction. Like, period. He is amazing. I will (laughs) certainly have to put this in my list of things to try. You definitely will. (laughs) I am. Now I have the Wikipedia page open. All right, I gotta tab that, (laughs) because... I will look through that all night. Oh, and don't look up anything about the characters. Otherwise, you will spoil yourself. Like, oh. Individually, don't look up the characters. Okay. Good word of warning. Thank you. Yeah, um, because some of them are, you know, killed in the series. So you don't want that. And then some of them are the killer. So, you know. Anyway, sorry. No, Let's no. Go back to SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I... I, I... Both of us are huge nerds and can probably nerd out about our favorite things and find other parallel paths that for we have found. Hours. <laughs> probably for hours, but we're, <laughs> we're going to keep it more to SpongeBob. Do you, um, growing up with Nickelodeon, do you have like a second favorite Nicktoon that's, that you have? I was going to say that's not Avatar, but I was like, it's rude to assume everyone loves Avatar. But if it is, so you... if your second favorite is Avatar, do you have a third favorite? <laughs> so you're saying second favorite because I already said my first favorite in the last one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Or were you assuming that it was SpongeBob and you forgot? No, I, I, I'm specifically asking for your second favorite. Okay. I was and just if it's, curious. if it's SpongeBob, <laughs> look, I, my memory is, is not the greatest, but I remember things like... I have such a weird <laughs> index catalog of memories. I'm not saying that you don't have a good memory. I'm just saying because your favorite cartoon is Invader Zim. That... Yes, it is. See? Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah. No, I wasn't saying that you had a bad memory. I was just <laughs> saying that I was very quiet during that call, and I don't remember when exactly I was hurt and when I wasn't. But, um. So, uh. I was more of a Cartoon Network kind of person. That's fair. That's completely um, fair. Did you have it throughout the 90s, or did you get it later on, like late 90s, early 2000s? Um, Late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, gosh. Yeah, it's I, bringing back so much memories around that time. I have always had problems picking out favorites unless it's undeniable. Um, like even some of my favorite lists, I'll be like, uh, this is tied with this, and you know, cause, um, and they, and they don't even have any relation to each other most of the time. Um, but man, I gotta think about that. I'll let cause... you think about it. I, I will, I'll let you think about that, but I have an undeniable greatest Nickelodeon show ever. Mm-hmm. And it's not SpongeBob. Oh, it's not SpongeBob. Um, SpongeBob is my subjective favorite simply because of just what it's meant to me as a person. But I have an objective top of the pile and it's not Avatar The Last Airbender. Although over the last few years, I've been willing to let people side Avatar right next to this show. But I think the greatest Nickelodeon show, and I will say greatest animation and television history, is Hey Arnold. I adore Hey Arnold I, so much. I will one day have a TED Talk 
about <laughs> what Hey Arnold means to the world of television animation. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the fact, and I'm not going to go through that TED Talk right now to, to make my <laughs> point. <laughs> I'm going to save that. But the fact that you have, like, 50-year-old characters that could have an episode of their own that is meaningful is is more than enough evidence to show how just how realistic and impressive the writing of that show was it Mm -hmm. it covered every corner that you could find of people it was the most diverse show of its time it was before its time in diversity and understanding and acceptance um but but more than not arnold wasn't even the main character it was Helga who was dealing with her own You're depression, right. an alcoholic mother being neglected. I, just, it's beautiful work. It, it is, is absolutely beautiful work. And I'll give oh, Avatar as a complete story. It's just due. But to see all what Hey Arnold was able to do in mid-90s is just, I, I can't. I'll, like I said, oh, yeah. I have a TED Talk ready about this. I, I completely agree with you on that. I'm not saying that it's my favorite because I have my own reasons why Invader Zim will always be at the top of my list. But um, so uh, I have always loved Hey Arnold and actually my best friend, uh, I think that's, well, I don't think it's her favorite favorite. I think Danny Phantom is her favorite, but it's um, up there for me. Hey Arnold is definitely, definitely like really high up there. And she was the one that got me into like back into it after I had, um, you know, grown more towards Cartoon Network and forgotten about Hey Arnold a little bit. Um, and, you know, like I can still remember so many amazing and wonderful things that they taught like in those episodes that I learned, like I even remember that there was this little girl who was like, who ended up on the news and she learned the Heimlich from watching Hey Arnold and she saved her friend's life. That's, I mean, there was even the Heimlich maneuver. Somebody saved their, I think a a boy saved his sister from uh, drowning because of something she, he saw in SpongeBob. And I, I've even heard another story of, when Patrick does the Heimlich maneuver to Squidward, someone saved someone from learning that. It's, it's insane that, yeah, you know. And I sometimes cartoons are looked down upon in some ways, and I think adults forget what they've learned from children's shows, even if it's not a cartoon. I mean, almost everybody grew up with Sesame Street, and mm-hmm. you know, you should appreciate. Hey, you learned your numbers and your letters from these from these puppets. Uh, but even these minute little little things like the learning the Heimlich maneuver from Hey Arnold and you eventually save someone's life because of that. Like, yeah, I don't think we think about that kind of weight that some of these shows can have on adolescence. And I guess that's why I've somewhat become cynical in my age, because I feel like there isn't a Hey Arnold on television. There isn't that show that's being grounded, letting music like the jazz music that would just play when there's silence, like no characters are talking and you're just kind of having a somber moment. And you're letting Arnold be in his dreams. Like I think we, we, 
I think some people just aren't aware on, on how those may have affected their lives in the like in mm-hmm. the grand scheme of things. I um I gotta be honest here, like while I understand your point, um I think that you should look into like more animation that's been coming out recently because I think they're going back towards that. I think they're realizing that. Oh, um, absolutely. I'm glad you're telling me that because without having cable, it's it's harder to catch the stuff I used to before because there was a time where I stopped really watching Nickelodeon and even Cartoon Network. Um, it's probably around 2007, 2008, like right when I right when I was in at the end of high school kind of working hard and there really wasn't wasn't falling in love with their cartoons anymore and I wasn't falling in love with uh, the live action shows like I tolerated some and it, it enjoyed some but I wasn't falling in love with them like I used to um, and yeah. the only show I will say post adulthood when I turned 18 that I can say I fell in love with this show was a regular show you Absolutely. If you haven't seen it yet, you need to watch Infinity Train. Okay. Yeah, it's on. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard good things about that. It's three seasons long. The first season is pretty tame because it was on Cartoon Network. The second season is pretty crazy, but also tamer because it was on Cartoon Network. And the third season, like, goes off the rails off the rails terrifying (laughs) like there is a scene where a character gets his face melted off no not even just his face his entire skin like his skin his blood his bones like you see it all melt away oh my goodness yes wow it is terrifying and then there's like there's a lot of violence and drama and it it's incredible it's absolutely incredible and every single season is pure magic like i gotta say it's probably one of my most favorite things that have come out recently and of course you know gravity falls uh was one of those i started i I started into that and i stopped maybe (sighs) i didn't finish the first season see the thing is you need to watch the last two episodes of the first season and the entire second season i swear you will notice a huge shift i've enjoyed all of bill cypher i've watched pretty much every scene with bill cypher in it so i'm like aware of the show but it's just one of those things like kind of like adventure time i'm a fringe fan i enjoy oh i enjoy bacon pancakes and when jake farts in finn's pocket and things like that but i at some point just stopped feeling the need to watch every episode and just be like, all right, Mm -hmm. I know the world and I understand what's going on. And Mm -hmm. uh, I am, I implore you to watch season two of Um, gravity falls. Yes. It's very important. (laughs) (laughs) I hope Um, they do more. I mean, it's super, it's so popular still in target. Every time I, I go on breaks to just walk over to target, they're still selling journal three. It's still like a bestseller, and yeah. now that Disney brought back Phineas and Ferb on Disney Plus, and then I think they're bringing back Proud Family. I'm like, why don't you oh, do wow. something more with Gravity Falls? Uh, I think that they might. I think that they're definitely gonna get there because it's amazingly like it's 
amazing well, and I, incredible. I found out, I went down the rabbit hole of the whole Bill Cipher hunt post post the show being done. The real yeah. Cipher hunt and all of the, I, I did this from, I got this from Film Theory actually, was... Um, he I did helped a... with that a little bit, but not not too much. I'm not that smart with puzzles. <laughs> oh, you did a part of the whole cipher hunt. Yeah, I mean, like everyone was at the time. Um, That's you know, impressive. You could jump in. You could jump in and like, you know, just look at stuff and contribute a little bit of knowledge, and then like hop out. And there were some people that were so dedicated to it, but you know, like uh, as much as I love Gravity Falls. Um, I, uh, you know, I had other stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. But seeing that, um, that Bill might not be dead and then there's the whole axolotl thing with the book and there's like, there seems to be something else there. And I think it was purposely left open a tad because if Disney ever came to Alex and said, Hey, we want to do something he would have a, a story set, but where if he, if he tied everything together nicely and there was nothing else to, to make and they came to him, that would be probably the worst case scenario. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like I know I said this in the last episode, but amphibia is the new gravity falls. Um, as in, in spirit, it's, it's very exciting. And, um, like there's a really good story to it. Uh, the voice actor for Goofy plays a main character. Uh, Hop Pop, he's the best character. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least at um, least Bill Farmer is getting some other work other than Goofy. Yeah, yeah, and and that voice is so fun. It's like one of those voices you know that you all instantly feel nostalgic for. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. Like, voices that immediately hit you in your soul, and you're like, I love this character just because of their voice. Well, I'm going to quote uh, Hot Diggity Demon here, who is one of my f absolute favorite YouTube animators. I love him, um, too. <laughs> so you'll know this, because it's, it's one – I've watched the Apu episode, like, five times. Cartoon yeah. characters are their voices. Yes. Like – I, I fell in love with voice actors so much. Um, Billy West and John DiMaggio. And my God, the two times I've had to pull my car over from laughing and tears have become because of Billy West on a podcast saying <laughs> something. Probably usually like Larry Fine. That is an easy get for me is when he does his impression of Larry Fine. Um, but um, uh, John DiMaggio and then what's his face? Why am I blanking on the name? Uh, Carlos Alas Rocky, who voices Rocco, and why am I forgetting Pinky's voice actor's name? What am I doing? Paul. Rob Paulson. Rob Paulson. My goodness, this is terrible. <laughs> okay. These are all the people. Okay. These are all the people that are going to be in Connecticut next year, and I'm going to have to spend a buttload of money to get them to sign all of my Funko Pops. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I look at first for like two I'm months. I'm not judging you. I'm like. Jealous. <laughs> no, I, for two months, I'm like, I knew Billy West was going to be there. And already I was nervous because of that. I'm like, oh, man, should I do Ren and Stimpy or the two-pack? And then somebody updated me, and they're like, hey, did you see all the other voice actors going to the Comic-Con? And I looked, and I was like, okay, so Rocco. Oh, Rob Paulson. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay, this is a lot of money I'm going to spend. <laughs> yeah. Because when, um, when I go to cons, that's all I care about is I, meet, I love meeting the people who had an effect on my childhood. Yeah, 
Uh, that's definitely a magic. Actually, you know what? Um, that's how I got my name, Pasta Dash Creations. From who? Um, so, uh, when I went to my first con, um, I was, uh, I wasn't like a huge anime fan yet, but I was in love with Full Metal Alchemist. It was my first anime ever. Uh, so I was really excited to meet Vic Mignogna. And, uh, cause I watched the dubs like, uh, like a boomer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I can't read that fast. That's all. And plus it always distracts me from the things happening on the screen. And it's just like, might as well just listen to some terrible English dubs, but some of them are not terrible. And I believe that Vic Mignogna, uh, has done a lot of really, really good dubbing work. And, um, and he's the main character of Full Metal Alchemist in both iterations. So uh, I was very excited to meet him. And um, it was the week of my birthday. Aww. So, uh, and I went with my friend who decided to buy me some birthday gifts. And at the time, I'm acting like this is different from now. I'm, I, I am really into My Little Pony because... I, I love children's shows. I just love them. I, I love Winnie the Pooh, and I love My Little Pony. Uh, I could sit and watch, like, a children's show for hours. <laughs> Winnie, Winnie the Pooh is half of my Disney hallway along with Stitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, I really love My Little Pony. Uh, Friendship is Magic because it's, you know, um, I know that there's, like, a lot of, like, a big stigma around it because there's a lot of, like, adult males that misuse it. But, uh, you know, when you get down to it, it's a really wonderful kids show that's done a lot of great things. Um, and it's just all around charming and well animated. And so I, um, my favorite character at the time was Rainbow Dash. So I got a hat with her ears on it and some, like some of her rainbow hair. And then I also got this headband of, um, Italy from Hitalia Axis Powers um, and his catchphrase was to just randomly shout out pasta so uh, so it said pasta on the headband and it had a little picture of him right next to it and I put the headband across my forehead <laughs> over top of the hat so and then when I got in line to meet Vic Mignogna um, I you know I started talking to the people in front of us in line and we kind of like made fast friends with them uh and they would ref they didn't even ask what my name was they just started calling me pasta dash because oh. you know um rainbow dash hat pasta headband they went and, with um, it what a great name that's incredible yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and that your little chibi avatar is just running away with pasta in her mouth <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you know, it didn't have meaning for the longest time, and now I just was like, all right, I guess I should make me running away with some pasta. Like, I stole it from someone. I, and, you know, I think that's such a funny idea anyway. Like, it's just a cute nickname that I've had ever since I was 10 years old, and I, it's always stuck. That's adorable. I can't <laughs> – I'm, I'm very good at public speaking. I have no, no nerves getting a conversation, going with somebody, talking with people – but when I meet somebody that I absolutely, to my soul, adore, 
I become butter. I can't. Oh, I cried. I cried <laughs> when I met him. I cried and I couldn't even say anything. And he came around the table and he like hugged me and like, um, and he like, was being like super sweet and i uh i asked him if he could act like a host because uh he's also in oran high school host club which i also loved at the time uh i still do but you know it's faded um but like in that show he plays this uh rich boy who hosts this uh like this tea party club where all the boys go to the tables where the girls are sitting and uh, they flirt with them. So, <laughs> like, that's, that's all it is. And he comes up to me and he hugs me and he says, uh, like, I don't remember exactly what he said, but basically he asked me to be his princess. And that's where, like, the princess part of my nickname comes in. I'm usually known as Princess Pasta Dash or PPD. Um, usually I just go by Pasta Dash now. Uh no, 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 no. Don't, don't take your royalty away. <laughs> you, you were given that name and you need to go by it. No, you're right. You're right. I just mean like, you know, um, now that it's my like business related name, I didn't want to put princess in there because it, it seemed too childish, but you know, pasta dash is fun enough and it's very unique. So I figured. <laughs> I, I, I see your point. It's fair. Certainly fair. <laughs> I can't. I mean, obviously, uh, before before he passed away, the idea of this podcast years ago, which I, I have to say, I, I'm kicking myself in the pants so much because when I came up with the name SpongePod Squarecast, I like spent hours online trying to see if anybody used that name anywhere, and no one did. And at that point, I should have started it, but I didn't for like three or four years until Steven Hillenberg had passed away. And my goal up before then was like, I'm going to make a SpongeBob podcast. I'm going to uh, hopefully it gets big enough. And, and my goal is to interview Steven Hillenberg. And so when he passed, I was like, there was this rush of of energy to do things and to create and to like mm -hmm. make everything I could in his honor. Um, and so, so obviously since then, I, I've I actually started the podcast Um but the goal changed to then eventually meeting. The goal is to meet Tom Kenny and to interview Tom Kenny. Aww. And I can't, I would not be able to just have him walk into the room and start because I would cry on podcast. I would, <laughs> like, it would have to be cut for 15 minutes because I would like to get over the overwhelming of meeting the guy. And that's why, thank goodness, I sent my brother to meet Roger Bumpus at a con he was going to because. I, like, same thing. I would not be able to function for at least, like, five, ten minutes in front of somebody. And the waiting in line is not enough time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like, I, I know, like, obviously that's that's the goal. It's not that if I got that goal, I would just quit the show. I mean, as long as they're making SpongeBob, I'm going to keep reviewing all of the episodes. But, um, yeah, just it, I would have to have time to diagnose in my head like all right everything's cool you're hanging out with spongebob we're gonna interview like i'd have to prep myself <laughs> there's there's no amount of time that would avoid those tears you could tell me 10 years from now you are 100 percent gonna interview tom kenny and i would not be any more prepared than the first time meeting him like 
Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, I gotta say, there were so many times that I wanted to meet David Bowie, and they just never worked out. I did end up writing a lot of letters to him and stuff. I guess I might have sent them to the wrong places, or he just didn't answer them, and it's fine, you know. Like uh, as a kid, you don't really know how to contact these kind of people. And I didn't really look into it because I felt like it was super unrealistic. And then he passed away and I just regretted everything. I, I mean, at least you could maybe help that he, he read one of the letters. And even though he didn't respond, maybe it gave him a good day. Yeah. There was some so. day he read a, a letter and said, that was really nice and had a good day. And man, I mean, here we are, our, our, people we really wanted to meet are no longer here and mm-hmm. that always affects me I, I that day I was I was in I was in a nap time with kids when I read that news oh, no. and I couldn't it was unbelievable to me for mm-hmm. five or ten minutes and the only time I ever really go to TMZ is for as despicable as they are with their news they always get celebrity passings right you know um so when i saw them post about it it was like whoa and the first thing i messaged was my father because we had bonded so much over spongebob that he was the first person to come to mind that like thank you for watching it with me thank you for going to the movie thank you for dealing with it um and we had like texted back and forth about him and it was yeah like that was the first person i thought about which is i didn't purposely bring this up to segue but then thinking about the paper it like always just makes me think of my father and uh and he wasn't a guy who liked a lot of cartoons it was it was beavs and butthead courage the cowardly dog and spongebob those were the top three and there were nothing else because i was at his house and we would watch Friday Night Nicktoons and Cartoon Cartoon Fridays. There was no other show that really caught his attention at all but those three shows. Well, Beavis and Butthead was earlier than that, so that was something as a young kid we could bond over, fart jokes and whatnot. But uh, right. as far as, like, as an eight, nine-year-old, the Courage the Cowardly Dog and SpongeBob, that was, that was it. Those were the two shows that he would put down his paper or whatever he was reading or doing and watch with me. Aww. Yeah, super, super nice, super sweet. Actually, a lot of that same stuff is, it, it ties to the reason why I love Invaders In so much. It's um, not only the show that shaped my humor and my personality in a lot of ways, and also, like, um, like, uh, it was it was one of those shows that I would watch with my brother and my dad whenever it was on. And, like, you know, it's just something that we could all bond over. Um, and, you know, that just means a lot to me. Um, uh, and, you know, it's not just that, but it's also, like, the incredible uniqueness of it and the daring darkness of it. Oh, I could go on about this. <laughs> Invader Zim deserves years. its own podcast, which I would really love. I would love to take this concept of going through every SpongeBob episode and easily devote it to each Nicktoon because, you know, 
Rugrats is a massive ordeal, but then there's those shows like Invader Zim, which are super short and can be done in, in what, 27, 28 episodes? Uh, I think it's about 28, yeah. Yeah, and then, of course, the, the movie, which was super nice to see, and I'm, I'm so glad mm-hmm. it came out as good as it did. Oh, my God, you should have seen me the day they released it. <laughs> I oh had, I watched it two times that day. At Rocco was, I watched that, like, four times in a row. My roommate was like, you're watching this again? And I'm like, I can't, I can't express to you. I was like, I've seen the rerun so many times that having something brand new is just so weird to me. It, it yeah. And even though the new movie was a, a bit watered down, I I still loved it. You know, it, it just wasn't exactly what I remember. And of course it wasn't going to be. But, you know, you know how that goes. Like, it's still, you hope that it would be. Yeah, the the hope is that it just can capture the same feeling. Yeah, and I think that they just took some of the darkness away and changed a lot, a couple of the characters. Like, I, I really didn't like Gaz. Really, really, really didn't like Gaz. Uh, I also didn't like Professor Membrane. But, yeah, they, um... they went... I, I guess in the interviews I have found, they because he had, had been helping out with the comic so frequently and they made those changes within the comic i guess that's what they chose yeah. as adoptions oh, for yeah. the new movie yeah that's why and also um he decided to change gaz specifically to who she was in this because that was who she was always meant to be she was always meant to be the uh the um viewer's insert character like she's the one in the middle of all of this and you can put yourself into her position she's the most sane character in the show yeah but then she ended up being just a really mean mad person and i love that and i i wish they stuck with that but you know uh the creator's gonna make some choices that you don't like sometimes yeah yeah i i always took her as um like she was so smart she was she completely knew that Zim was an alien and that he is here to destroy Earth, but that she was able to realize, just like her brother, he was so incompetent that he's not going to do it. Oh, yeah, exactly. Also, I just realized we have been talking for two hours now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind. It's, it's content. Content's fine. Um, yeah. And it's something that you can look back and be proud of. But anyway, we're talking about the paper today. Paper. <laughs> the paper, which is – here's something weird. Um, and I would recommend – for any fan out there of Nickelodeon to use the Wayback Machine to try to look at the old Nick.com because the current Nick.com and maybe what it's been for the last 10 years is so radically different from what it used to be. Nick.com, I, I don't want to say like back in my day, but it like <laughs> back when there was dial-up back in internet my day. <laughs> and everything almost had like a hub from AOL. Uh, Nick.com was so good of its time. It was such a simple and fun hub for for fans of the shows to play games. To, it was safe. And the current Nick.com is just a shell of its older self. But I, re- I bring this up because thanks to the Wayback Machine, we can actually go and look at the episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants when they were added to Nick.com in Season 1. And a bunch of episodes have completely different titles originally. And the first one that's different, you will find the paper originally was called um, Lemons Out of Lemonade. Hmm. 
super interesting, and I think they uh, they did, did the episode service by changing the name because I I think that would have gotten lost in the shuffle as a title. I think so. I mean, it's true, but the the paper you could say the paper, and anyone who knows SpongeBob knows what episode you're talking about. It's right to the point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in case I forget to bring up any of these other listings for any future episodes, uh, Rock Bottom originally was called The Bus. <laughs> um, huh. The episode with Neptune was originally called The Spatula and the Stove. That, I like that title, though. I really like that one. That one is nice. Um, the Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy episode was called Words or Less. I don't really get what? that one. Wait. I'm sorry, which one? The first one? I No, actually I'm sorry. It is Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy 2. I okay. forgot that, that. I forgot season 1 for a second. I'm like words are less. SpongeBob wins the big prize from his favorite TV show and I just read like Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy and I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's No, so yeah, it's Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy 2 was originally called uh 25 words or less. I'm sorry. Mhm. It's that's a weird that's such a weird title. Is that like is that what he had to do in order to win it? No, because I think he won by making the the oh the Krabby Patty, Krabby Patty sculptures. That's right. That's right. Oh man, <laughs> Spring Boob Squirepin stole my idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> but uh, that was interesting. So we're we're not going to be watching uh, lemons out of lemonade. We're going to be watching the paper. Um, I, I think we might as well just start it. I think everybody's ready. They're like, look, we know the episode of the title. We're ready. It's ready to play. <laughs> They're like, listen, I want to stop listening to this girl talk about herself all the time. <laughs> you two can talk outside of the podcast. We, <laughs> we want SpongeBob content. Okay. See, well, the you... problem is we already do. We just like talking a lot. <laughs> this is great stuff. Uh, look, you can't. Podcasts are the best podcasts are always the ones with good conversations. So thank you for making my podcast successful. Honestly, thank you for having me. I'm having a lot of fun. No, and, well, you know, we definitely any exposure is good exposure for me. Yeah. Anytime <laughs> I have an empty episode, I'm just going to reach out to you and be like, hey, you have two hours. Honestly, <laughs> absolutely. If you're like, I'm serious. If you want to, I will show up again. <laughs> well, th there's no way I can ever make the invade the I'm ready an Invader Zim podcast without you now. So you're just gonna you're gonna have to be the co-host for that. We're yeah, we're just gonna have to do that together. We're gonna have to collab. Absolutely. Um. <laughs> so yeah, if anybody because this follows Valentine's Day, there is no need to. Uh, it's gonna start right at the title card. So anybody who wants to watch along could uh, start the episode. I'll let you say when you want to start the episode. How about that? I've never let anybody do that. So. All right, I'm going to start the episode in three, two, one, now. I was almost going to interrupt you during that countdown, like, ah, first <laughs> countdown of someone else doing it. Um, so our storyboard director is Chuck Klein. Uh, I was looking at the wrong screen. Uh, our writers are Chuck Klein, Jay Lender, and Doug Lawrence. D Doug Lawrence, I just got to say, has so much uh, to give to SpongeBob. I mean, he's been a writer on the show ever since the beginning mm -hmm. and other than voicing plankton has voiced so many other characters and does so much work and i think he, all of his work needs to be commended <laughs> i love that his whole house moves up to the paper <laughs> it knows <laughs> it's almost like oh spongebob's gonna enjoy this today 
which yeah. of course <laughs> we, we got to mention a very another very popular SpongeBob meme is is Squidward coming out with the chair and then leaving. Yeah, it's a good one. It, it is a good one. I I love this idea. This episode probably might make my. I, I, once I'm done with season one, I'm gonna have an episode where I have I will live stream make my complete list of season one and I feel like the paper is going to make at least the top three because it love it's just this super basic idea of just Spongebob finding joy in nothing it just you know it shows I think the best of both of their characters or some of the best at least like you know how Squidward can be really angry about like the simplest things even you know spongebob finding happiness in something like very small and insignificant and then he gets jealous when he realizes that he's having fun and he can't this is absolutely the the archetype for the idiot box you know just adding patrick into the mix exactly that that quote right there that quote right there is my my favorite SpongeBob quote of season one is when Squidward leaves and it's just SpongeBob and this piece of paper and he goes, ah, Mr. Paper. <laughs> like, I just the fact that like he's alone and he's just so much joy. It's everything I love about the character in one little in one little second. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I even with other shows, I've always kind of chosen the more unpopular characters to be my favorite. Like in Winnie the Pooh, Rabbit is my favorite. Um, And in SpongeBob, it's always been Squidward. I've always loved Squidward as a kid, even. (laughs) I, I, I always loved SpongeBob. It's weird. At least with the Winnie the Pooh thing, I've always just, I, that might be one of the first, I would say SpongeBob is second, but I just, I love Winnie the Pooh. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's especially gaining a little weight feeling like, oh, when his, when his, <laughs> he's a stuffed animal. So when his stuffing rips and he ties it back up, I'm like, I understand that. Oh. <laughs> oh, I love this scene right here where he makes the different <laughs> noises. There's one of my favorite memes is right here when he has the two like horns coming out of the top of his head and there's like, it's like a Tumblr post, and it says, what was this show even about? And it's just that screenshot. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but that is the funniest thing to me. <laughs> I love all of the stuff. Like, he's he's just doing this with no one around other than Gary. Yeah. <laughs> like, it brings you back to, like, playing with toys when you were a kid, you know? Yeah, just, like, in the bathtub. Oh, here we go. I'm a guy with a mustache. <laughs> pirate with an eye patch a regular guy with an eye patch are <laughs> i am not a pirate <laughs> it's so good I, yeah i used to i going outside with toys like it was you didn't need anybody around to have the greatest time ever yeah <laughs> just being a, i love how uh, squidward then just piques his interest yeah I love how Squidward will say till his dying days that he does not like Squidward, or I'm sorry, he does not like SpongeBob or Patrick, but then he gets so obsessed with what they're doing. Yeah, if you really weren't 
ups if he wasn't into what SpongeBob was doing, he wouldn't care. But here he is, like constantly caring about what SpongeBob's doing. Exactly, and you know, just like you said earlier, this episode has a really similar setup, um, you know, uh, dynamic-wise to uh, Idiot Box, which is my favorite episode, and I think that's another reason why I chose this episode to review with you, but, um, you know, it was also because uh, <laughs> I was just thinking about... <laughs> Sorry, I love that. No, I, um, I same thing. The sound's not on, and I'm just putting the sound in my head. Yeah, with the plane. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, oops. Oh, mistakes happen. <laughs> um, I didn't even realize that was gonna happen. But uh, anyway, um, so. I don't even remember what I was You were going to say something that oh, you yeah, loved. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I uh, chose to do this episode mostly based on, you know, since um, since I do so much in the server. Hey, you know what? There's a an early appearance of the, uh, the Squidward, Squidward puppet. puppet. Yep. That they use later to do all those, like, uh, that one episode. What did they call him? I think he was just Little Squidward. Was it Little Squidward? I thought it was like something like really in like uh, smart, like wo like Woodward or something. Or, hey, I don't know. Uh, Squidward. 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 Hold on. <laughs> um, no, that's the name of the episode of Stephen Soar. Uh, in this episode, SpongeBob makes yeah. a miniature Squidward, and everyone likes him better. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like I don't like plots like that because you know like everyone likes him better. Those are so mean spirited, but you know. At the same time, I just remember that the it was kind of funny. Yeah, his name is Minnie Squidward. Minnie Squidward. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. I don't know why I thought of Woodward first. <laughs> I. Yeah, I don't like the care. I don't like the episodes that are intentionally mean to Squidward. Mm -hmm. I I like the ones where. His meanness ends up slapping him in the face, because that's just naturally yeah. a, a better way to kind of, you know. It's it's not being mean. It's just showing you, hey, sometimes when you're gonna act like this, things are gonna bad things are gonna happen. Yeah. Um, and um, so, sorry. No, I no, I you off. no, you didn't. I actually had nowhere else to go with that. <laughs> I was just gonna say a good example of that is the um, April Fools episode. I always loved that one because of his turnaround at the end. Like the end, the very very end was not very good because he went back you know but you know status quo is god so um uh <laughs> this always satisfied me like when he was doing the flip book of like the actual like frames of the episode like well, I yeah just... fantastic like it's so f great of a visual gag yeah, and ever since then, I kind of really wanted to do, like, a flipbook animation, but it took me all the way up until my second year in <laughs> Stark State to actually try animation, so... I just um... want to redo SpongeBob's flipbook. <laughs> <laughs> like, frame for frame. <laughs> you drive, you drive a, hard a hard bargain, bargain. Squidward. And that's... The, the rubber band is always... That's... that's um. I went right before I, I put out video, before the Video Bob Game Pants live stream, which 
Um, I don't want to say it was a disaster. I think it was it was definitely a success with all of the plates that were spinning on that night. Um, and definitely retooling, like, the thought of uh, just a streaming show. And I, I have been trying to think of ways to do it as just, like, a weekly hour thing. But it, the night before, when I was getting everything set up, all the notifications were, you know, getting all those to pop up correctly. And the SpongeBob with the rubber band, the little mm-hmm. gif of him, was one of the things I fell in love with, which it's not from this episode. It's, it's from, from the chocolate with nuts, right? Yes. <laughs> the the paint when he, when they get the paper, but yeah, him, him in front of the rubber the band <laughs> just made me think of that. <laughs> Squidward shirt. You know, um, as much as I love this episode and I think that it's so similar to idiot box, I think that idiot box does this better because you don't really see Squidward's descent into proverbial madness in this one as much as you do in Idiot Box. <laughs> you know? I, yeah, I just, I'd rather it see this ending, happens. though. I, I hate him getting dumped in the, like, I hate that he eventually finds enjoyment, but then gets dumped in the dump. But here we have <laughs> Squidward naked running around with this piece of paper that he just gave away everything for. Yeah. And he's attempting. He's like, you know what? <laughs> Oral gummy. <laughs> and he's trying. I like the helicopter bit. Like... <laughs> and he's like, let's go. <laughs> he really wants to. Like, that's what's so endearing about Squidward is here you have him. He wants to do what SpongeBob is doing, but he just doesn't have the imagination for it. I think that's where his, like, hate or like anger towards him goes you know by the way uh, for any uh for any <laughs> real deep cut nick fans that uh that clarinet solo by gary is actually the theme song of astrology with squidward Ooh. there you go i have to throw in little trivia bits that's all <laughs> no it's cool i love it there you go um yeah, this one makes me feel actually worse for Squidward <laughs> oh. because he loses the one thing that he traded everything in his life for because Patrick comes up and he's like, I needed this useless piece of paper as trash. And there it is. <laughs> nice shirt, SpongeBob. <laughs> I love that he was posing with it, too. He's wearing Squidward's shirt. And that was the paper. I, probably, I don't know. I... It's not my favorite episode, but it's my me top either. three. It's it's, it's so up there good. for me. It is very good. And I I guess out of all of the episodes that I think are even worth putting on a a, a rank at all, uh, it would be on at least my top ten. Yeah, yeah, it would be in my top five episodes to show someone who's not a SpongeBob fan or who has never seen it. Like, hey, this is bare bones what you need to know about the show is that this this one character gets annoyed by his neighbor and the hilarity ensues Mm -hmm. because that's i mean that's where spongebob really most of the show came from the humor of of spongebob and patrick just annoying squidward at while they're at home and you know that that is exactly correct and i think that the problem that comes from realizing that is also realizing that nowadays they mostly focus on the Krusty Krab versus the Chum Bucket. And yeah, yeah. I just think that's so sad because they 
they fail to realize what the real magic came from. And it was from that situational, like, everyday humor with a neighbor that likes peace and quiet getting mad at his neighbors who are just having fun and then getting mad that he can't have fun like that. That's exactly, like, if I had an opportunity right now to sit in a room with the writers of SpongeBob SquarePants and they were like, what... What kind of episode do you want to see? Do you have any ideas in your head? And something I would say is, I I want to have an episode that is is just focused on those three homes, and everyone seems to have a day off. We don't have to worry about the Krusty Krab for right now. What what are SpongeBob and Patrick getting into that is annoying Squidward? And like, craft something with people. I have my own idea of what that would what that object could be, but who knows? Somebody could say something that's even better. But I'd mm-hmm. want it simple, like simple, slow. That's where you get some of the best jokes. That's where you exactly. get some of the best one-liners that people repeat. When you go too fast and there's too much going on, it kind of bogs the show down a little bit. Oh, yeah. And they, they fall under that trap all the time nowadays. Like, I think cartoons in general have gotten faster because they're trying to catch up with their audience who are, you know, their children who are growing up with all of these uh privileges with like um you know these kids growing up now they don't even know what a vhs or even a cd is that's incredible to me (laughs) i remember vhs's and i remember when cds were like used all the time but like you know nowadays cds are going out of yeah, there's like there's completely. more records, there's more vinyl records in stores than there are CDs. Yeah. Which just, yeah. I don't know what I really think about that, but it's just, <laughs> it blows my mind. But going off to what you were saying, that's it's kind of what I brought up um, in a lot of the earlier Hey Arnold seasons, like season one. There was just this so much emphasis on having scenes where no one was talking and you would just hear the somber jazz music. And the the episode was just able to visually take you on a ride for a second. You oh, know, yeah. the episodes I, and I really like more recently, I watched the episode um, where Arnold helps out Lockjaw, the turtle. He goes to the aquarium yeah. and <laughs> I, I watched it because uh, a coworker and I were we spent a day making fun of the guy's voice who's like, hey, you dropped your cookie. Ha ha. Hey, here's another cookie. And he's throwing he's throwing like biscuits to the penguin. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I got to watch that episode now. So while watching it, there's a scene where Arnold sees Lockjaw and his habitat and how much he's being, you know, like people are making fun of him and throwing food at him. And he, he's at home laying down and reflecting and he's like looking up in the sky and just jazz music is playing and it's just telling you his feelings on lockjaw and the current situation and it's like that's i i watched it and i was like wow this is powerful and i can't believe i didn't appreciate this as a kid on just how amazing this one moment is and you just don't see it that much in current cartoons not saying that I think cartoons have definitely aged up and don't treat their audiences like kids, but I don't know. There's just moments like that I don't think you see enough of. Um, Yeah, I think that that has a lot to do with the fact that people are forgetting that animation is an art. It's not something to keep children entertained. Um, Like, and that's it, you know? It's, It's someone's work, and 
they write they get busy writing so many jokes that they forget to show off the animation you know yeah or even in some cases the story too um one mm-hmm. of the one of the best pieces you know one of the best pieces of advice i've ever heard was um from the creators of south park where they were talking about when they bring in writers and and they can tell who the gag guys are the people who come in and they just want to tell these big jokes and they're like we're not about that we're about telling a story and if certainly a a joke can be put in that is super out there we'll throw it in there but it's about the story yeah and and i got out of that mentality of just wanting to be a gag guy like wanting to have that big joke that crushes when i eventually just want to be the guy who tells really good stories and if a really good joke comes out of that story then great that's one that'll probably stick with people because the whole package was good which is oh, yeah. what we love about SpongeBob. How you know, mm-hmm. if the writing wasn't good, those jokes probably wouldn't hit as well. Yeah. But I I can't I can't thank you enough for coming on this episode. Um yeah. thank you for for sitting down 2 hours with me having a conversation. <laughs> and uh and this won't be the last time, I imagine. I hope not. I would love to record another video or episode or like however many you want. Like this was a lot of fun. Well, thank thank you again. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Anytime you want me on and we can do that uh Invader Zim one too. It'll it'll happen. I'm ready in Invader Zimcast. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. I don't know. I want It'd probably be like podcast of doom or something. <laughs> See, oh, ooh, that's a good one. Anyone listening to this, don't take these ideas. They're ours until we yeah, decide do something. A bully. None of it. You'll all be bullied. <laughs> you, you've been warned. Yeah, no, honestly, you don't want to see my bad side. <laughs> Just ask anyone in the project. You don't. <laughs> no, not at all. Well, I can't. I can't wait to see more of the project. Uh, best of luck with all of the work moving forward, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. I probably need it. <laughs> Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod. You can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy.